Hey everyone, welcome to Punkcast. My name is William Maxwell. I'm a student of Web3 and the owner of Punk9527. CryptoPunks are 10,000 uniquely generated characters stored permanently on the Ethereum blockchain. No punk is the same. This is a show dedicated to celebrating the punks behind the punk. My hope for this podcast is that we capture the essence of the punk culture, elevate the brand and the individual behind the punk. One last thing, projects discussed on the show is not financial advice. Crypto and NFTs are a volatile and risky asset class. Please always do your own research. Other than that, let's go. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Punkcast. Today, we've got Punk9622. He's a 380 with spots, cigarette, and a punked out mohawk. Here is the founder of Non-Fungibly Curious, a Web3 consultancy, and partner at Dream Ventures, funding early stage startups and Web3 blockchain and crypto projects. Please welcome the man with all the swag, Jimmy Swag.eth. Jimmy, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm awesome. Thanks so much for having me. That was a that was a stellar intro. Really happy to be here and, and shoot the shit on punks for a bit. Uh, awesome, an absolute honor to have you here, sir. Maybe we could kick off with uh, with I guess uh, a bit of an introduction to yourself and some of the things you're sort of working on and how you got here. Yeah, for sure. I'll I'll try to keep it as concise as possible. I think unlike a lot of punks, uh, I'm perhaps not as crypto native as others. My my background most extensively is in the streaming media space. I'm based in Las Vegas. I formerly ran a poker content production company, streaming, uh, doing streaming production, distribution of live poker tournaments and events. So, uh, so I'm a degen through and through is the moral of the story there. Uh, I've been dabbling with a bunch of different stuff over the past few years. I've been angel investing since 2019. Uh, I've been in crypto passively since 2017 or 2018, just investing from the sidelines, not really taking part, um, getting to understand the technology or anything like that. And that all led me to basically early part of last year when NFTs came on the mainstream purview and I started to take notice. I thought it was ridiculous. And that was until I actually started buying some of these things. And like a lot of people, I feel like last year, uh, went down the rabbit hole very quickly. So I didn't do my own research. I I bought and figured <laughs> out the rest later. And uh, and the rest is history. But I've despite despite the irresponsible start, I've managed to stick the landing, I think, and I've gotten involved in some cool stuff more more recently. So I'm I, I focus a lot, given the media background, I focus a lot on working with classic, as I think about it, like Web2 IP and creating digital fan experiences, utilizing NFT technologies, just creating sort of new age digital means to engage fandom where it lives, um, not necessitating an in-person interaction to create a fulfilling engagement, fulfilling experience for fans. Uh, And then on the venture capital side, also investing a lot in different Web3 startups with a particular emphasis on those with mainstream penetration. So as we think about bridging the gap between Web 2 and Web 3, we're looking to invest in exciting new projects that are going to be the sort of tool set to, to make that a reality in hopefully the not-so-distant future. So I, I think about it. I'm a little bit in the macro of, of Web 3 investing, a little degening on the side with some trading as well, and then on the micro in the sort of the building operational side of things with some fun projects here and there at the same time, but all around just a lot of fun. Oh, awesome. And, and then just, just to unpack your background a little bit too, did you come from sort of a business or marketing background? Like what would you sort of say would be your bag of tricks? A little bit all of the above. I actually went to school for accounting and then I moved to Vegas originally to get into real estate. I got hired at that poker business to do marketing at first and then got into content and production and then was elevated to president and primarily doing biz dev. So it's been over the, like it's, I'm 30 and it's basically been a journey since college the past eight years or so of getting to be exposed to every facet of business from uh, finance to marketing to operations and everything like that, which has been really fun and really valuable, I think, uh, for learning along the way. Awesome. And just your poker experience, does that make you a, um, a good poker player as well? Or, uh... <laughs> uh, not, as, not as good as I'd like. It depends who I'm playing with is how good I am, I'd say. I, I, have, I have some decent winnings. I've played in some decently large tournaments in the past. Honestly, it's, 
you know, there's a lot, there's a lot in NFTs that translates well from poker. And I think that's largely why I took such a liking to it, whether it's, uh, whether it's, you know, certain themes like expected value or risk analysis or, um, going all in <laughs> just a little, we can come up with all the cliches in the world to, to come up with parallels. But yeah, I mean, I think there's, and I, funny enough, I'm in a group chat with a lot of poker players that have an NFT affinity. Uh, I think there's just a, a direct correlation between like the calculated degen activities, how I think about it. Like, yes, poker. And I do like some sports betting and fantasy sports on the side too. Like they're all like degenerate activities, but it's calculated. Like you're, you know, you, you do it when you have an edge. And I, and similarly in poker, like I know the tournaments when I have an edge and I know the tournaments when I don't have an edge and I will typically play tournaments where I do have an edge. And similarly in NFTs, you know, you're looking for the strong projects where, you know, your expected value of doing well in investment is, you know, is positive versus some of the shittier projects out there where your analysis may run and it's not so positive And in fact, it's probably negative. So it's just, it's all about just, you know, picking your spots, I guess. No, absolutely. And uh, I, I guess uh, the reason why I ask is I sort of see a few um, poker players that have come across to NFTs and have done really, really well. Um, I think it's just around sizing risk and sizing bets. Um, so you've got a little bit more in the bag to sort of work with, right? But um, cool. And talk me through your, your first NFT purchase. I think you sort of said that <clears throat> you did no research and sort of aped in. So do you remember what your first sort of NFT was and what sort of got you over the line to, to, to making that purchase? Yeah. So I, I can, I remember very vividly. It's like a, where were you in kind of moment? I, uh, it was summer ish of last year, uh, just over a year ago, I guess now, uh, my first on paper, first NFT ever would be a now I haven't even, I haven't checked on it, but most 99% likely defunct project called dope Shiva's. Um, and they were like these, these, uh, you, you might, you might know that one. Uh, it was, uh, or maybe not, but, uh, it's yeah. I, honestly, it was from like open sea window shopping. And I had, I'd had some buddies who had gotten deeply involved in the space and I was still kind of iffy on it. And I, uh, you know, just kind of like exploring around these things were cute. It was part, you know, it was, it was during the whole, like, you know, cute animal PFP movement, I feel like. And it, at the time they were like. 50, 100 bucks. So I'm thinking, you know, why not just splash around a little bit? Bought one and like, you know, you, you start to like, you have to feel a sense of pride of like, you know, this this is, there are, there are, there are 10,000 dope Shivas. There are a lot like mine, but this one is mine and mine alone. And that just, that psychological phenomenon, I think, stuck with me. But my real first big investment was into, which actually came about 48 hours after the first purchase, it just escalated so quickly, was, uh, was Gutter Cat Gang. And I bought I bought a cat at like five ETH. ETH at the time was in like the three to four K range, so it was about a twenty at the time a twenty thousand dollar purchase, which was insane for you know for what for what I thought I was getting myself into. Um, but then you know that's I, to this day like I've I've gone on to invest even more into Gutter Cat Gang. I'm a big fan of the project, and it's it, it's proven to be one of the strongest communities in my mind. And that's what I that's that's what really like got me drinking the Kool-Aid was being a part of a, of a really strong community like that. Super excited. I remember, I, I think it was a coincidence, but when I first bought in, there was like one of, I think it was Wooly or like a, another notable DJ was in the discord doing like a community party event. GutterCon at the time was just a few weeks later here in Vegas where I'm based. So it was like this dopamine overdose of things derived from this first purchase. So then needless to say, I got hooked. And I w- I now hold uh, three apes, obviously a crypto punk, um, dead fella is the other one I'm in deeply. Adam Bomb Squad, I've you know all the airdrops from apes as well, so I'm holding a good amount of other side land. Um, there's I should probably a lot of gutter cat gang as I referenced, but yeah, I mean just a bunch of projects uh, that I've, I've come to accumulate over the years, each with its own. It, with its own sort of specialness to it and um, even a memory associated with it. Uh, but all, all, all are, I'm fond of for different reasons. Yeah, no, I, I've just got um, dope Shebas on screen here. They kind of look like cool cats, but just yellow or orange, right? Exactly. I mean, it's, I'm glad you said that because, you know, my, <laughs> my beginner's thesis, my radar was right. I just had, it was, 
I had the right direction, just the wrong target, I guess. Um, yeah. But uh, I mean, it, but it's it's funny. I remember I remember very vividly around that time. I think Cool Cats was around two or three ETH when I had bought that Gutter Cat. And I mean, since then, you know, Cool Cats then ran to ten ETH, which was sickening at the time. But then came back down to earth to three ETH. I think maybe they're three three point five today after the Animoca investment announcement. Um, but you know, it's just, it's funny. And that's so much of the space is just right place, right time and picking the right horse in certain spots. Like I, I picked dope Shibas. I'm sure there are some people that picked <laughs> cool cats around that time. Like you just never really know exactly how things are going to pan out, but that's the beauty well, of it. Like no one well, really knows what they're doing. Yeah, exactly. I think well, most of the time it's uh, curious and experimental and, uh, sometimes you, it takes off and sometimes it doesn't, but I think, um, I do remember gutter cats. I did actually have uh, some gutter cats do, and, and and that community goes hard, man. Like, mm-hmm. I think if you went on Twitter, it's just like gang, 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 like, yeah. just retweets everywhere. But um, and and did, and did you get in before the rats came out? Is that uh, sort of baked into the price then? And so I was, I came shortly after rats actually. So I had to. That okay. was that was the problem, and really like the part of the gateway drug was well that if you got if you. If you buy the cat, you got to buy the rat because then you get the other third or fourth species. But then there, it wasn't just the new species. It was three and four. Then you got to buy the other one. And meanwhile, my wife, who, bless her heart, has is still with me after all of this, is listening <laughs> to me like, I just, like, honey, I put $20,000 in this picture of a cat. But now I got now I got to buy the $5,000 rat so I can get this new species. It's like I'm just talking gibberish. So it's, it's, it's funny and you gotta, you gotta, you gotta take a step back sometimes and realize the absurdity of it all. Just like how, from the outside looking in, how crazy the space is. Obviously the end game isn't swapping thousands of dollars around for pictures of animals. Like this is meant to be something much bigger than what it is today, but that's really, you know, why this is also exciting is that, you know, we're here early for, for whatever is to come. And the reason we're here really is we believe it could be something really special. So it's a, it's a cool time to be in the space. Totally, and mate, just so maybe just take me back to that that point in time, right? So I think um, if Gutter Cats was sort of your first dip into sort of NFTs, um, what was that like? Was it sort of the first time you were sort of entering to Discord and the, I guess the community and exploring that? And, and what sort of point in time did you go? This is actually legitimate, and it sort of struck a chord with you with NFTs. Yeah. So the answer on discord yeah it was like my it was my not my first exposure to discord i guess i'm um i'm a gamer through and through so i've like spent time in gaming related discords with friends um particularly like world of warcraft so being uh you know doing like arenas and stuff in discord chats and everything else so it's familiar just not nearly as familiar as i am today after now being in like 70 of these goddamn things but <laughs> getting i mean community was a big aspect in this where and this, this is the better example would be something like a board ape yacht club. Um, and I got the time. I remember. I think my one of my first weeks in the space. I remember distinctly that Von Miller changed his profile picture to his board ape at the time, and it was this unique dynamic where it's it's you know I've, I you get desensitized to it. I think being so being in the space for a while, but at the time it was like you know I have a way. Steph Curry is another great example where I. If I if I hold one of these board apes and I can make this my profile picture, that gives me something uniquely and verifiably in common with Steph Curry that nothing else ever would. Beyond like it's 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 basically like wearing wearing his uh Under Armour shoes, but with scarcity in mind, such that only theoretically only nine thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine people in the entire world would be able to associate their, themselves with Steph Curry and align themselves with Steph Curry in such a way. And obviously that then applies to so many other celebrities and people who have come in and sometimes out of the space over the past year. But that was just a really cool dynamic to me. Um, and that's that was only one facet of community and everything that it's that it's all about. And I think there's something to be said around, you know, commercial rights to some of these things, gutter cats and board apes included, um, that that really got me thinking and I bought I bought my first eight back last September October so about a year ago now, and I had done so with the purpose of creating a business around it. Like one of the traits associated um, had we had a had a link to the business that I had been working on, and so different things like that. Like I, I very quickly for these assets in particular understood the use case that could you know be applicable very soon and very immediately. 
obviously, like I think the end game use case, like I said earlier, for NFTs goes well beyond just the PFPs and, and JPEGs and all of that. But that was just part of like the initial sort of aha moment for me that has only become more and more aha-y over the past uh, 12 months plus. Awesome. So talk to me about um, your journey onto sort of CryptoPunks, right? So I think you're relatively new in the CryptoPunks sort of space, but you know, you've been in NFTs for quite some time now. Yeah, so punks to me were, you know, being by punk standards, I got an NFTs late in uh, early middle part of 2021. To me, that was always like the gold standard hashtag goals for everything NFTs are all about to the point of it being unattainable. Like it just like wasn't even a thought of like ever having a punk, um, to be honest. And so I, I ended up going down the road of board apes. I think I was enamored by a lot of like the cultural the cultural, I guess, significance that apes were in the early goings with how much they picked up steam so quickly in the early days. Obviously, punks already had that steam, but um, punk or apes at the time were more attainable for price point wise. And so, bought into apes, and you know, I spent, I, I like I said, I've had it over a year. I've spent a lot of time in that community and other communities. I, I have, you know, I've been tr- as much as it's about enjoying communities about finding the communities that are a fit i i don't i don't drink a ton these days i don't smoke weed ever these days (laughs) so you know there's certain there's certain aspects of certain communities that i am and am not necessarily aligned with and i as as being in like the venture capital space being like a business person through and through like i what i what i seek to align myself with is certainly builders, but also like very like macro mindset type of folks. And it's also not lost on me that the PFP you have, whether it be on Twitter, even on LinkedIn, that gets a foot in the door in a lot of different conversations. So that the aspects of community and ownership that are around like constructive forces of building, for lack of a better word, that my value set in the space began to evolve and and change and develop over the past year and simultaneously back to the whole like floor price thing there was a degree of uh equivalence between floor prices that has come to be over time and so all that being said like the stars kind of aligned for me of like okay this now might make sense to do some portfolio reshuffling buy into punks i knew that i wanted to since like may of this year but kind of waiting for the right opportunity because market conditions were a little bit sus for and i mean they still are but certainly for a while there uh frankly during nft nyc i think there was a punk pump and i and i bet kind of wrong on timing where i think i don't want to speak out of turn but did they get down to like 50s floor price for a yeah, while like they had gotten pretty low and then swung back up and so on that point you know what i'm like, like this is a long-term horizon for me fuck it like i'm not gonna just try to time the market perfectly um and 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 honestly like there was something to be said around like the one-year anniversary of getting into the nfts for the first time with dope shivas uh to circle back to that where i felt like i <laughs> like i had like, like the punks had always seemed unattainable but you know i paid my dues i've i've worked in this space for a year now i've launched projects i've sold out projects at this point i've i've put in the work and whether right or wrong, I, I felt like I had done my time to say like I like to to, to earn the CryptoPunk title beyond just shelling out the money to uh, to make that my PFP. So all this aligned, and that's why I ended up making the decision not too long ago. I guess about a month or two ago now to uh, to get into the community for the first time. No, oh, awesome, and and I um because I think we we connected on on LinkedIn because um, I think I saw your your profile picture on LinkedIn as a crypto punk, right? Mm-hmm. Like, was it, uh, did you, were you, before you put your crypto punk on LinkedIn, was it your real doc's face or was it actually, a, or another, another NFT that you had? Uh, it was my ape actually. And that was, that was okay. kind of a, that was an important shift for me. And I, not to, I think some people tend to overvalue like the, the importance of your brand as like a Twitter profile picture or whatever, but it, in the business world, I had gone starting last year. I had gone from like a thousand or two thousand just connections on LinkedIn to now, I think like thirteen or fourteen thousand. So I put a lot of work into content creating and creating a brand professional presence on LinkedIn that 
that is tied into the NFT space. And that was all through the lens of my ape. So it was a big decision for me to switch that where I was from what I was recognizable as to a crypto punk. And it's, it wasn't done with a short-term horizon in mind by any means. It was, this is like for the foreseeable future, you know, this is, this is the foot that I want to put forward in the space. This is the community that I want to align myself with. This is the brand that I want to build. Uh, I'm working on some like social content stuff right now, which is very like crypto punk forward, like utilizing my PFP is like the face of everything that I'm doing going forward, which is exciting. And it's, you know, I, I owe it. I owe, I owe a lot to a lot of other people that aren't me. And, and a, a PFP brand is only as good as the community members that comprise it. And, um, you know, there's certain punks out there that, uh, I use content that I've been a fan of that have basically shaped me in sort of a professional person in this NFT space that I owe a lot to in establishing that presence uh, in in and out of Web3, which is a really cool dynamic that I now get to, in a way, reap the rewards of of that hard work and, and time spent. And that's something that I'll never take for granted as long as I'm in the space. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, no, I've been watching and reading a lot of your um your threads on 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 LinkedIn, and uh, they're probably one of the most insightful sort of threads and credible voices in Web three that are sort of read on there, um, c- as compared to most of the other people on LinkedIn in Web two Normieville land, right? So, um, so yeah, no, it's uh, great to sort of have you on as a punk and being an ambassador for us on on there as well. So, uh, yeah, thank you so great much to have you on board. Um, and <clears throat> and so what. And so in sort of web to real land, um, so what are you actually working on? Like, you know, you've got non-fungibly curious and you've got the dream ventures. I think I sort of understand that, but, um, what's, what's non-fungibly curious. Yeah. So non-fungibly curious is it's, it's consulting and advisory in web three strategy. And that sounds very vague, but really the emphasis is on working with web two businesses to create web three strategies that are well thought out, authentic, and long lasting. And as people in the space will know, that's not necessarily like strategies that will make you a lot of money. Um, it's meant to be strategies that that are immersive, that are rewarding, that are enriching. And that's rewarding both ways on both the brand side and the customer side. But really, they're strategies that turn customers into community um, and, and reshapes how businesses think about the marketing pipeline in the traditional world of you know running digital advertisements on Facebook until you generate a conversion and then remarket to them later to having an upfront transaction via having your most loyal customers buy into what you're doing as a brand and then your sort of funnel becomes a rewards mechanism back to that community which turns customers into advocates basically um, it's it's not unlike I always compare it to, you know, walk, whether it's a, you're a fan of a sports team and you're wearing that team's jersey and you're in another place and you see someone walking down the street who's wearing that same jersey and you, you automatically have a connection with that person you've never seen or never met before and frankly may never see or meet again. Same, same way wearing like a certain uh, like Supreme apparel and someone else is wearing Supreme, like you know you have something in connection with that person. It's basically creating that relationship at scale globally in a digital forum and allowing businesses to take part in that relationship. So it's it's unlike anything seen in Web2 previously, but obviously super valuable in being able to do it correctly in Web3. And I think doing it correct is the operative word because there are both individual artists and influencer-wise, but also in brand, uh, brand world, there's a lot of opportunists trying to take advantage of this movement for their own bottom line. And I think uh, I think it's important to have expertise that is able to handhold a bit, educate first, activate second, and create strategies that are more long-term horizon than short-term profit-seeking. I suppose. Yeah, I um, a lot of that uh, sort of definitely resonates with me. I sort of feel like a lot of the brands and Web two businesses are, are curious about Web three and NFTs, and they're coming. From a top down, right, and I think um, they really need to get some insights, just like people like you and some real degens on the team to um, to help them navigate through. Um, well, that's it, it's, an, it's, mm. it's an important point you bring up there. I want to I want to zero in on what you said about degens because mm. I think and it, and it touched on a point you brought up earlier about LinkedIn, where you have a lot of people 
talking about Web3 without actually living in Web3. And I'm not saying Web3 is spending over your means on stupid JPEGs, but it is a culture. Like there's a certain, especially in like the most tight-knit of communities, and really for brands at this point in time, those are the communities that they're selling to. You need a firm understanding and an authenticity and appreciation of that culture before you try to engage with that culture because those participants are also incredibly suspicious. They're incredibly astute. They are very savvy. And if you if you are seen as opportunistic and extractive of that community, then you're going to totally get roasted as a brand. And by the nature of, in a way, of blockchain technology, the blockchain is forever. Like you can't just... You can't have a PR snafu going to crisis mode, sweeping under the rug, and go about your day like that. Shit lives forever, so it's kind of a it's kind of a one and done type of thing. But I think it's important. I'm sorry to interrupt you there, but it was important to have yeah. that that degen input of they call it like a, a weirdly a voice of reason, which is bizarre to say that in the context of a degen, but someone on the team to sort of be the 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 mouthpiece of uh, of that community that is so important to the space right now. What one hundred percent and. You know, when I sort of look at this as well, I think it's a really big mental shift from Web 2 to Web 3 because I sort of feel like Web 2 is, um, you know, and naturally it is, you know, extractive, right? You know, it's profit-seeking. And um, in those instances, I guess the economic alignment of interests aren't there in sort of Web 2. So I think that's just a natural way that they're going to approach it. But I think when you sort of get to Web 3, it's like, well, it's it's it should be more of a win-win, right? How do we... How do we sort of both win from from the NFT drop or you coming into sort of Web3? And I think that's the hardest thing to sort of unwrap if you haven't really been, you know, living and breathing and participating as part of the communities. So, no, yeah. I think um, I think, uh, I think you've, there's a lot of value to sort of add there for sure. Um, and, 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 and perhaps uh, your CryptoPunk gives you a little bit of that um, authenticity when talking with uh, a lot of these brands too, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, it does. And I'm not, I'm not going to lie and say that, you know, I, especially in the web three space, if I were to send the same message as a non crypto punk person, I think chances are I would get a response before that other person. I think that's just, that adds to the value of, of this PFP. Like, you know, it gives you, it makes you an authority for better or worse. Like that's, that's actually a bit of a dangerous phenomenon because you could assign false expertise to someone just because of their profile picture. So I think that's something that, you know, we all need to be wary of, but I do believe with great power comes great responsibility. And, and as mentioned earlier, like that's not a responsibility that I take lightly. Like I, you know, I'm, I go out of my way to be very, whether it be with brands or whether it be with friends, like I'm actually, some people I've spent a lot of time with over the past year and they all post something about NFTs on a separate account. Cause like my Instagram, for example, which is mostly friends and family. I never really talk about it. And they'll see me something from LinkedIn. And they're like, what the hell? Why didn't you ever mention this? Cause I actually go so far out of my way to not try to indoctrinate people. Like I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm a big into like education and learning. And if someone wants to learn and educate themselves on this this budding, exciting, high potential technology, I'm here for it. But at the same time, I'm not trying to, you know, pump my own bags for one to get people in uncomfortable positions with speculative financial instruments. And three, just try to extract value from other people in general, like whether that be brands and getting paid a fee to tell them I'm going to make you a bunch of money off NFTs or friends saying you should go buy floor on this NFT that I own so that, you know, we bring more liquidity into the project. Uh, it's all about like big picture stuff here. I, you know, I, I like to be a guiding force for good in the space, I guess. And I hope I do the crypto punk community proud uh, with that North star in mind. No, I, I think, I think those, those things that you sort of mentioned, um, I think resonates with the, the punk sort of values from what I've sort of seen. Right. Um, and I think that's, those are things that have been sort of drummed into me, um, you know, listening to, I guess, most of the, the, the crypto punk sort of thought leaders in the space too, in terms of, you know, where they sort of sit on these, on these topics. Um, but, but it's an interesting sort of insight, right? I mean, um, I do sort of feel that the crypto punk community do carry, uh, I guess, what's the word, um, a sense of, you know, gravis, gravitas or sort of a tastemaking group in terms of if the punks like it, then it's okay. Let's, let's, let's all ape in together. Right. So I think uh, they're always looking for that a little bit of validation from, from the community for that as well. But um, cool. And then 
just talking about more specifically about your CryptoPunk, um, dude, you got a really cool CryptoPunk. Um, tell tell me about the selection process. Like, how did you, you know, were, were you looking at specific traits? How did you sort of land on, you know, the the spotty the spotty with the mohawk? Okay, yeah, I'm so I'm so glad you asked this because I, you know, we're flying through here and I've been talking a lot and I I was like I'm, I have to bring this up even if it's the last thing I say in this <laughs> in this call here because it's actually a funny story. Um, so obviously I've been looking for a while and, and like anything else, like you want, you want a crypto punk that generally resembles you. Um, I am a white dude. I have red hair. Um, <laughs> and so I'm like, so I'm, 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 I'm picking based upon that, but I also want to, I, I'm not necessarily married to any certain traits. Uh, but I, I kind of want something that just resonates with me for some reason or another. Um, and so this one comes across, and I've been watching it for a while. It had been listed; it was like eighty-five. It was down to eighty, then seventy-five. I think I I forgot if I bought it for seventy or seventy-five ETH. But I've been watching it for a while, and I put in some like uh, some you know lob ball offers here and there. None none landed. But the rationale behind it and what clicked with me was so I mentioned earlier, like I don't smoke weed. I'm I drink a little bit here and there, but like, I'm not like a big party animal anymore. I enjoy like a nice whiskey by the fire at home or something. And so that wasn't always the case. And for a long time there, I had been to like seven Coachellas in a row through college and shortly after I'm based in Vegas would go to EDCs. I've been to ultra Miami. I've been every which way uh, across the party space. And there's this, I'm going to show you on, um, on our camera here, but no one, no one else is listening gets to see, but there was a very specific festival I went to where I did my hair in a mohawk. And I had, I, back in college, you know, I, I smoked the occasional cigarette here and there. And frankly, like this, my crypto punk, I'll show you the picture here. My crypto punk <laughs> has, has, become, has become like an homage to a former self as I come to see it. I, uh, the, even the Jimmy Swag ETH, like that was like a college nickname where this, this sort of persona has taken on like a uh, historical significance in my life. Like this is not who I am anymore, but I get to like play in this Web3 space as someone who used to be a lot cooler than I am today. And that's kind of what that CryptoPunk represents to me is it's like he has the mohawk like I did at music festivals. He smokes little cigarettes as if it acted up because he's like a pimply teenage kid. Like it just it, it's just everything that I was, which isn't... It doesn't. It doesn't make me miss those days necessarily, but it makes me appreciate where I've been and where I where I've come to in this journey. That's all led me to like you know having fun in this crazy new space that I never thought I'd be in. So it's like a token of appreciation, I guess, which I think is kind of a fun thing. Mate, that that photo looks exactly like um, <laughs> like 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 him, like nine six two two exactly. So uh, yeah, no, thanks, thanks I, for sharing I, that, the story. That one's, that one's not getting public, but you get to see it, and you'll have, everyone will have to take your word for uh, for its accuracy. Uh, yeah, um, and and just out of curiosity, are you um, are you, are you staying a non? Because uh, I know your name is no, no. I'm I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not, so I, okay. I kind of I have personas separate where like LinkedIn is like the constructive businessy stuff, and then I do some shit posting on Twitter. So I don't like I like to separate church and state. So. The whole Jimmy Swag ETH is kind of like the just like nonsense, actually the ridiculousness Should of the space what it's worth. And then the yep. LinkedIn side is like my actual name, more constructive, business driven. <laughs> and I get to I get to do both. Okay. Got it. Got it. Makes sense. And um cool. So so what's in the bag? So I've got your OpenSea up and running here. I think we spoke about board eight um and your uh, gutter cats. Uh, I sort of see some Chromie Swiggles, Doodles, World of Women, etc. Like, you know, what, what is it that you, what is it that you like collecting, and, and I guess why why do you collect? That's there's a there's a lot of psychology picked into that question. I think, I, I mean, based upon just right there, like uh, Gutter Cats, Board Apes, and World of Women, I personally put a lot of value on the commercial rights aspect of these projects. Um, the gutter cuts in particular, I have always seen that and it's not a, it's not like a groundbreaking observation, but I see there's a lot of parallels between that and board apes in terms of like the fundamentals of each project. But 
right now they're like less than a 10%, less than 10% of the floor price of Board Ape. So my thesis is like, if, if we see these things post bear market having an upswing, like I, I would rather accumulate a bunch of the, uh, let's call let's call it like watered down board apes or diet board apes. Like that's just that's frankly the thesis. Um, there's a lot of parallels between like mutants to clones, uh, ape coin. They're going to be launching gang coin shortly. Like that, yeah. They kind of they kind of copy paste a lot of what the apes have done, but that's fine by me. If if, if uh, apes have done well with it, like I'm I'm fine with rinsing, repeating a bit. Uh, will the women? It's a, obviously like, I think that's probably like the preeminent, like female led project. I like that angle to this, especially as more females are entering and building in the space. Uh, one of them, I like, I, I got, I got one of the PFP for my wife. Um, so she gets to use it as like her sort of digital identity. I like the values of the project. I like Reese Witherspoon, Eva Longoria, others being attached to the project. I will admit I'm like, I'm all, I'm not really active in any communities right now just because I've been so busy elsewhere, but like, I'm not super engaged with that community, but I, I just value that project a lot. And I think like what it stands for, the values are fantastic. Uh, Doodles I'm in, I, I honestly, that's, that's one of my better flips. I bought a handful of doodles at 0.4 and ended up selling at like 14 um, after a few months. So did pretty good there. And at the same time though, they, they then, they then like ran up a little bit after I sold them. I'm like, Oh shit. So then I, I bought, I bought another one to at least have some skin in the game, uh, but has since come back down to earth a little bit. But nonetheless, I have that doodle there. I like, I like the project. I think the art's cool. I have friends that have doodles. It's kind of like a fun thing of like, hey, we're all in this together, whatever happens. Um, Dead Fellows I really like is another one that I'm in. I think Betty's great. I think she does a great job as like a, certainly a voice in this space, but then also how she divides up her time. I got a, she's on LinkedIn as well. So she, I think she does a really good job of like, yes, being there like in the web three DGen community, but also, um, you know, being a voice on LinkedIn, like speaking to professionals as well. Zeneca is another guy that does this well. Um, so I value that and kind of like her, how dynamic she is of being able to work with corporates. They just did the activation with Wrangler jeans, stuff like that. I think is really cool. Um, Kaiju Kings is another one that was my thesis there was I missed uh, cyber Kongs. And that was like, it was the, I think it was the devs from the cyber Kongs Kings that then spun up Kaiju Kings. Uh, and I wanted, I then you have our waste instead of bananas. <laughs> That's very, very high level thinking there, but it was, that was what all it was. And I, but all that being said, I think they did a really strong job of managing it since then. So that's the other one that I like, and I have it in the vault as I'm looking through here. Um, that's cool. And then cool. And just rattling off Robotos, I like that because they have the uh, the Time Magazine deal. Um, that's just like you know they they've kind of struggled by floor price recently, but I I like the angle. Like let's say if I have I have a bunch of nieces and nephews, where if they were to create Robotos IP targeted to children, I would love to one day like impart these to them as kind of like have a vested interest in this, like having a Roboto's themed birthday party, but then getting to own a piece of that IP versus, you know, paying for like Pixar toy story IP that you actually have no, that is, that brings you no financial value other than, you know, extractive. Um, so I think it was nice. It's my, it's my way of teaching the next generation about web three and then, and then crypto Mori's, I like the theme of you know mental health. That's a very important cause to me. So I resonated with that one early. I had bought early on. I bought a, a, one of the one of ones for like an ETH and a half, which at the heyday was probably worth up to like thirty ETH, which would have been a nice little flip. But like I always do, held a bit too long. So I, I still believe in them long term, but they've come back down to earth a little bit, like everything else, I guess. And then on the brand side, given like that they were there, one of the first I think that has done. And Etsy's really well as a brand would be like Adam Bomb Squad. So that's kind of the, that, that rounds out, I think, the vault of just things that I like, that I align myself with, that I've enjoyed being a part of and collecting over the past year that I have no intent of selling in the distant, in the foreseeable future. Uh, that's cool. Um, great, uh, great collection, great sort of vault there. Um, but I do remember cyber kongs at one stage hit like 100 ETH and banana was like dropping like, I don't know, a thousand. You know, a thousand thousand US bucks worth per day, right? So that was yeah. um, definitely got the FOMO happening there. Um, cool. Yeah. And then, uh, 
And then do, do you, are you looking at any sort of NFT collections to get into right now? Or are you sort of comfy with your bags at the moment? I'm pretty comfy. If I were to buy anything new, so I'm, I have an ape listed currently. I'm trying to do some portfolio shuffling. I need more ETH to hold on to. I think I'd probably be investing like so the, the, the projects that I get FOMO over these days, like clone just had a big announcement. Um, a little bit of FOMO there, although to, you know, to be honest, like I don't love the Nike involvement. Like I think that kind of goes against a lot of web three ethos, which is part of been part of my rationale for not investing yet, although it's a great project. So, you know, I think I'm just kind of splitting hairs there. Um, another one that I've looked at, why am I blanking on it? I'm looking, I'm looking through like all time volume right now, trying to figure out what, um, what is most interesting to me? Azuki is one that I've kind of missed. I wouldn't mind opening up a position there. Cool Cats, I've been looking at for a long time, but until the recent Animoca news had no real like exciting reason to get involved. And then besides that, like one, one of my one of my biggest misses so far has been in art blocks. Like I have one squiggle, but I love to expand my collection there. Obviously, we're in a couple groups together. Like we just with a few other people, we bought a QQL. I'd probably buy a QQL of my own. In fact, like that'd probably be my next purchase because I've been doing some outputs and there's some that I love and I want to make sure that this actually becomes one. So I guess some combination of that with probably art blocks leading the way. Absolutely. I think um I think once you get into the art blocks sort of rabbit hole, it's hard to get out, right? I mean, there's just so many different pieces that are absolutely beautiful that you just want to get to the bag. But uh, I'm with you on that. That's awesome. Um, and then uh, I guess when you reflect back on your sort of NFT career, like what uh, what's your sort of best win or uh, greatest moment you think you can think of? So best win why once it was just kind of it wasn't a lot but it was it was actually the morning of that time announcement for robotos and the market was pumping and i don't know what it was but i managed to i managed to snipe like a semi-rare like crowned one i just like you know whenever when anything's pumping you just you buy and then list it for like a exorbitant price above what you had bought it for and literally at the time i think i, I think i bought it for like 1.5 and then maybe listed it for like 3.5 right away like i'll take like i'll take a quick like 2x plus and within 20 minutes it sold so i was like it was like a 100% flip up to uh up from 1.5 to 3.5 i'm like damn this space is weird and then the <laughs> other one which is kind of like it's just it's so funny in hindsight but just kind of like uh which in, in, in hindsight, these were all such bull signals and just not even not bull signals, like top signals, like we should have known. But when, I don't even remember this, but when uh, Full Body Ape Club dropped and basically what you could do is as an ape holder, board ape, you could go in and generate the full body version of your ape. I basically, I minted, I maxed out my mints. I at the time generated six of these things. And I pulled within the, within a day, just selling off these shitty ape derivatives, like ten ETH in profit, just just off of like the random rarity outputs of of some of these within like twelve hours. So it's not like it's not the biggest wind, but it's like the most like quick sort of just like wow, that was that was too that was very easy to the point of it being too easy, which again goes back to like all right, that was kind of a top signal in hindsight. Awesome. Um... No, I really love uh, hearing these wins, right? Because it was a a bit of a crazy bull run that we sort of had, and I, I really miss those days, right? Because I think in this yeah. bear market, it's like uh, sort of dried up. And then, uh, what is your worst loss or regret in NFTs? Then, like anything come to mind? Not selling, <laughs> not sometimes more than others. No, I think I think really, it's my biggest regret at this very moment is trying to do too much. Like I, I think like a lot of people, especially when I first got into the space, um, you know, you, you always want to find like the next board ape yacht club. It's like a cliche, but even beyond that, just like the next like big pump project. And in the process, you, you diversify your bag so heavily and you just, you're minting anything and everything just because if you, if you hit massive 2% of the time, even like that, that negates all of your losses and then a lot more potentially. But ultimately, like I just I 
I resent myself when luckily we're looking at my vault today, but looking at like the non-vaulted NFTs and like just the, the shit that I have in there. It's, you know, I like, there's something said for just like a clean portfolio of just high quality stuff. And I think that's, that's my biggest regret is just not, not focusing on what was working just and, and doubling down on things that were not just necessarily doing well financially, but just had a track record of performance as I think about it. And those opportunities existed back then of just being able to, you know, capture even projects that had been around for two, three months that had continued to produce whether the floor price didn't have to be going up, but just was steady through and through versus just minting every just bullshit animal, cute animal PFP, or even not even minting, but you know, a day or two later getting involved with all of the influencer pumps at the time. I, I hate to name names, but like winter bears comes to mind. Um, <laughs> Holy cows. I think is another one. Uh, there's, there was one, uh, Superlative Secret Society, that was okay for a while there. But there's just a handful of things that like I just I couldn't sell if I wanted to now. And that's just that's kind of a kind of a crappy thing. So it 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 adds up to pennies in the grand scheme of things, but you know, you just wish that you could have just preserved any liquidity you could have and put that into because uh, you know, if you if you were to pull all these things together, you'd have a, a, a material amount of ease to be putting towards higher quality things. And I would sure love to do that in the current market climate. Absolutely. And uh, I've got a real problem, though. If I have liquid ETH sitting in my MetaMask, I get really itchy and I just need to spend yeah. it, right? So um... I just, I my policy right now is just not buying anything new, to be honest. And I, I like, I, I will lock my MetaMask wallet from me being able to see that <laughs> for that reason. But even beyond that, like, I'm not getting involved in Rango right now. Like, I know a lot of people are pumping that. I'm just like, it's it, Goblin Town was, was there for a while. And then it was Ford, a Pepe Club. Like, there's just, like people need to keep busy in this market and there's always going to be that next that, that next thing and I, I don't mean to shit in anyone's bags but i'm just not playing that game right now of like trying to catch the pump and and, and then play the never-ending game of hot potato to see who gets left holding it i'm just i'm out right now i'm <laughs> i'm in build mode i got my punk i'm happy awesome and um and do you have sort of a you know a big lesson or an insight that um that you've sort of uncovered for yourself over the past uh, NFT journey that you've had? About the industry itself or? Yeah, any, anything. It could be any, but I've had a lot of insights along the way. Um, I think, I think to me, it's just, we've, we, we so little understand today, like w the power of what this could be. And what, what I wish to do is be the sort of uh call it a translator between like the professional world that's very buttoned up kpi driven macro focused with that of the dgen community that is pumping the, the aforementioned projects that we just discussed because on one hand like yeah the dgen community we talked about earlier that's like the culture of the space and that's like the core and the the catalyst for everything that's that this has become and what it is today, but a lot of times they're so short-minded or is that the right short, short term in their thinking, I guess, or close-minded even in how they think about the space. And they're not wrong for it, but a lot of times that comes back to like chasing short-term profits and people get burned in the process. And it's just, it, it's another impediment to taking that next next step to getting us to mainstream adoption. So again, I don't fault anyone for it, but that's kind of like my my learnings, I guess, over the past year and why that's part of the reason why I don't trade as much anymore, just because I would much rather play the macro game than the micro game of sitting there, you know, trading around JPEGs for pennies on the dollar to like hopefully scrape really thin margins versus keeping focus on like world changing technology which I truly believe in a number of ways this can become. So that's the every in every day. Like that's that's an ongoing learning too. Is like it's it's been the past year and change of like realizing this, but every day it's like, holy shit, like this could actually be something that is like like changes the entire foundation of society. And I don't mean to overstate things, but so many industries are ripe to be fully disrupted by the technology and, and what this allows us to do. So that's kind of been like my uh, eye-opening experience, I guess, through and through over the course of, of these many months. 
No, it's a it's a really huge one, right? I think um, the old world is still thinking very short term, um, and I think what you're sort of uncovering it's a it's a missed opportunity, right? Uh, there's so much more to sort of unlock here as well, and I think the other side of it as well is the the current market. The NFT market and the Web3 DGENs don't necessarily paint us in the best light to the rest of the world too, right? Um, and so I think you're carrying that torch for us to really try and drag one through. So that's awesome. Well, I think I think it's hard when inherently NFTs are coupled with financial instruments. Like that's that's the primary use case to the mainstream world right now for NFTs is investing in JPEGs and making lots of money. When you see headlines about you know, Justin Bieber buying a board ape for $1.5 million or whatever it was, that's, that's how it, that's how it breaches the masses right now. And that's just, that's not, that's not what's going to get people involved in the world. That's where my focus is, is what are, I think of them as bridges to adoption. Like what are, what are the current user behaviors that are going to create a seamless onboarding experience to NFT technologies such that they don't even realize they're using NFTs and it's all about setting up that experience. I even, didn't even require education. Like the more education you require, the less likely you are to succeed. So it's just about creating, you know, enriching products, enriching experiences that leverage the technology and do nothing more than that. It is just that a technology. I liken it to the early internet. People, it, the internet was a novelty. I would hop on the family computer, load up the dial-up, the sequence, and it was like an activity to go on the internet. But today, it's like that's just a way of life. Like I don't, I never, I. The last time I said, I'm going to go use the internet is probably pre 2008. Uh, today you go to a website, you go to, you know, go to play a game, you go to send Directly. an email. Like it's, it is, it's the, it's the rails on which we all operate. And that is, that is what we need to get to with NFTs. And it's the people who, who see that future and are building for that future that are going to win in, in the mid to long term. And on the flip side, I'm a little less bullish on those that are playing for the here and now. Um, as I think it ends up in the grand scheme of things, a bit of a zero sum game. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, well said Jimmy swag. And, uh, do you have a sort of favorite punk personality that comes to mind? Um, yeah, six, five, two, nine, and it's not close. I, I, I have a, I have a list of resources. I mentioned earlier how I don't like to indoctrinate people, but when, I, when anyone asks, I just send them like, here, here are the resources that got me along my journey. Like my, here are my, what triggered my aha moments. And half of them are his threads from like the middle part of 2021. Um, just, he is a guy that gets it, obviously. Like that's not, that's, that's not a juicy take by any means. I think we'd all agree. Um, and further, just a voice of reason in the space, like the way he's able to, as someone who is a big fan of language in general and being able to eloquently describe very complex topics. Like I, I like to frankly pride myself on LinkedIn about doing that as sometimes like when you get into the weeds on certain themes in web three, you just, you know, even my eyes tend to gloss over. So I try to keep things simplified, but he just does it beautifully. Like the way he has mastered the language to be able to explain these concepts, I think is phenomenal. I was actually just watching today his uh, metaverse course and I'm halfway through it. And it's just, it's, it's like, it's like learning it all over again. Like it's the first one was all like, what is an NFT? What's fungible versus non-fungible. And as he describes it, just like, shit, he's so good at this. And I just, I, I think, I think a voice like that is so important to the space right now, but also in the future of being able to, to properly convey the importance of what we're doing not just like i said not just trading around jpegs but actually building for like a for a decentralized future in in every definition of the world and every definition of the word but also freudian stuff i guess of the world as well totally he um he dropped a really good thread yesterday um and sort of went through but it's kind of strange right i think you're right he's the he's sort of that noble sort of source of wisdom you know that grandfather that's passing down a whole bunch of wisdom in NFTs, but it's just so new. We're less than sort of two years old, basically. And I, uh, similar to you, when I first came on, um, he was probably my my key source of um, information as well. But you know, being super mature, but also at the same time deciphering all the the crypto slang, right? So there was a thread that basically sort of said, 
GM, you know, fading, or, you know, all these like crypto terms that basically just help you sort of get on board. So he's just as degen as all of this, but uh, but carries a very very uh, mature voice with him as well. That's awesome. Well, that's well, that's the magic of his presence. I think is that he he's micro enough to be authentic. Like he is he is a tried and true degen. He understands the culture. He lives the culture and embraces the culture. But he also understands the big picture. And that is that is that beautiful combination that I think gives value to the most effective people in this space is the ability to see both sides of that coin because you have a lot on either side that tend to not be able to effectively see the other where you know you're gonna you're each side's gonna do certain things well in those certain worlds. But I think really to unlock the full potential of whether it be on a project level or like a macro industry movement level. You need to be able to see both sides of the aisle. And so just to echo your point, like he is a degen, but he says things that are like, like I've, I've taken so many of his, I guess, proverbs almost to, to normie conversations that have created aha moments for other people. So I've like, I've, I've ripped his source material time and time again. And it just, it just speaks to like how effective he is in that role of, you know, having like having legs in the degen culture, but having a voice that speaks to the masses. Yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, big big six five two nine fan as well. Um, and if you had to describe punk culture in a single word or a few words, what would what would that be? Um, I'm, I'm going to say I I haven't thought about this at all before, so I'm going to kind of just spitball as they come to mind. The Go first for one, for whatever reason was was stoic, um, constructive, um, and I'm going to give you one more if I can think of it helpful. I'll throw in there as well. Uh, cool. And I want to say also, I want to take an opportunity to say thank you to you for helping onboard me into the punk community over the past, even just handful of weeks. You know, I spent, I spent a lot of time in a number of communities and I alluded to it earlier, but some have been more constructive than others. And I've gotten varying degrees of value out of them. Um, and I've been, I've been overwhelmed and, and not surprised, but just, just pleasantly, just pleasantly aware, I guess, of of how strong the, the punk community is with the different channels that I've gotten access to, whether it be Telegram chats or um, certain like secondary Discord groups that aren't the punks group, the punks Discord in particular. But it's the people that are in and out of there, and not only just like the, the notable faces where it's like almost like your your NFT idols and saying like, "Holy shit!" You know, I can't believe that I'm in a, in a group chat with this person. But then how eager people are to help and. The number of times per day I see someone, whether it be for a project they're working on, or having questions, wanting support, uh, wanting recommendations, referrals, jobs, whatever it may be, you know, everyone's in it for one another. And I think in a space that is so financially incentivized to push their own shit, I think that that is a special phenomenon to do things for the sake of other people versus doing things for the sake of your own bags. And again. I, that is not lost on me and I will, I do, and I will come to appreciate that more and more, uh, as, as time as a crypto punk goes on. Awesome. No, oh, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, delight, an absolute delight to have you as part of our community, mate. So, um, so welcome. And, um, and if you could pass on a message to the next owner of your punk, what would you say to them? It's a hard one to answer because I, having I just recently acquired it and having no intent to ever sell it. You know, honestly, I'm going to, this is going to be like a really cheesy answer, but I'm going to, I'm going to predict that person to be my son one day. Um, I don't have any kids today, but son or daughter, let's just say, um, my message would be, I love you to my child. And then second, second to that would be something (laughs) like, don't smoke cigarettes. (laughs) No, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't don't know what the exact message would be, but you like, you get what I'm saying. Like, you know, I guess, I guess the message would be something along the lines of like, don't forget where you came from. Like I, I, my, my, my vision would be, you know, let's say on 18th birthday, I had to have a kid in a few years, it's called 20 years down the road. That's my gift to my son is my crypto punk. My vision is like, you know, it's, it's a, it's, it's a passing of the torch of, of this movement. I don't think, I don't think the end result is within 20 years, frankly. I think we have a, we have, we have a long ways to go in a number of different ways. And I think this proves this is a symbol like it is for a lot of people who are crypto punk holders of being there early. And that's what I want this to represent for whoever is the recipient at some future point in time. I'm going to be inclined to say that to someone in my family. So my message would be to carry on this movement in some way, shape or form. 
that's that's beautiful. I'm I'm sure uh, when Jimmy Swag is of or Jimmy Swag Junior is 18, he's going to be listening to this podcast, and uh, we'll probably appreciate that message, mate. Um, I love nothing so, more. So this <laughs> this this is really fun uh, today, Jimmy. Thank you so much for your time. Um, how could sort of people find you and I guess any sort of closing comments on your side? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, so to answer your question, first question on how you can find me, I'll, I'll dox myself, just to make it formal. My name is Sam Simmons. Um, best place to reach me is on LinkedIn. Please do connect. I'm Jimmy Swag on Jimmy Swag NFT on Twitter is my handle or jimmyswag.eth is my name. Either way, my, I think my DMs are open, but uh, if, if it's, if it's DGen activities, find me on Twitter. If it's professional activities, find me on LinkedIn. I think the message is though, like if, if for any, for any punk holders that are listening to this or anyone not punk holder for that matter, just reach out. Like I've, I pride myself on having lots of conversations, helping as many people as I can and just, you know, being able to connect with all sorts of fun, exciting people in this space. So uh, I guess my closing messages, messages don't be a stranger. And if I can help holders and non-holders alike in any way with any of my background, or you just want to talk JPEGs for a bit, um, slide into my DMs. You now know where to find me. <laughs> slide in your DMs. Awesome. I'll, I'll uh, put a link in the show notes uh, as well when I release the podcast. But um, but man, this was super fun, uh, Sam. Uh, thank you so much for uh, spending your evening with us. And um, yeah, hope, hopefully we can do this again sometime soon. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to who else appears on the podcast in the coming months. Congratulations to you on, on an exciting new project you have here. And I'm very happy to have been a part of it. Amazing. Thank you so much. All right, Sam. Sure thing. Speak soon.